You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Thursday edition of the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Brian Brown. We have a show. We have a show for you. We have a show with material. That material is good. And this material will be coming up on said show. That's a little part happily impression for you as we kick off a Thursday episode. We're going to talk about the NFL draft, the lack of Utes therein, but yet Utah still leads the Pac-12 in draft picks. How is that even possible, number one? Number two, is it good for the conference? And number three, what does it do for the University of Utah football program as we move forward? We're also going to do... A mailbag edition, answer your questions, and then a where are they now segment with some sneaky famous youths that maybe you didn't realize were famous. All that coming up here on the Locked On Youths podcast for Thursday, May 6th, 2021. Welcome into a Thursday edition of the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, brought to you by personal favorite and local hero, rockauto.com, rockauto.com for all of your automotive parts needs. My name is Brian Brown. Thank you, my Utah friends and family, for joining me here. It is a great day to be a Ute, just like every other day. So thank you, as always, for following us on your favorite podcast platform, or if you're following us on Apple Podcasts for switching over to Odyssey because Apple is struggling to get things going. As someone so aptly pointed out on the internet, Apple is like the Texas of podcast platforms. All the resources, all the materials, but just can't get it going right now. But we're optimistic that things will improve eventually over there at the uh, headquarters of uh, Fruit Valley. I, on the other hand, am here and am performing and am making sure that you get the University of Utah updates, news, and conversation that you are looking for. If you didn't have a chance today, go check out at UteZone on Twitter. The folks over there at UteZone do a great job, asked a very fascinating question today. Who was your first favorite Ute? And there are a lot of varying responses. One thing that I think I realized from reading through a lot of those is just how recent so many Utah fans are and luckily we have some things in store for those of you who are more recent to the uh to the Utah fandom and by recent I mean uh, 2000s which yeah I get that that's almost 20 years worth of Utah football but for those of us who started attending games when we were three months old maybe it feels a little bit more recent I don't know uh anyways my answer to that was Errol Tucker Saw a lot of really interesting answers. We're going to try and dip back into the time machine a little bit this summer and go through some of those players that maybe people didn't know about or haven't heard a lot about. Uh, Errol Tucker was a phenomenal defensive back and kick and punt return specialist, in my opinion, and backed up by a lot of numbers, probably the best punt and kick returner in Utah history. There are plenty of debates out there for Steve Smith, Shaky Smithson, 
Reggie Dunn, Britton Covey, all of them valid. But uh, for my money, it was Errol Tucker. He was also incredible at returning interceptions for touchdowns. Uh, His ability to do that was something else. But this first segment is not about favorite Utes that were. It's about favorite Utes that are going to be in the NFL. As we go through the the recaps of the NFL draft and myself and Cindy Robinson are going through on the Locked on Pac-12 podcast and talking about the draft picks, something that really stood out to me was just the sheer number of Pac-12 draft picks that were in the later rounds. Guys like J2 Fele, Simi Fajoko, Amon Ra St. Brown, players that in my mind, our first, second, third round value guys that are going in the fourth, fifth, and sixth rounds. And it posed a question in my head, does the lack of Utah players being drafted this year have an impact on the Pac-12? And it just so happens that Steve Bartle, Ute Zone extraordinaire, Utah insider, uh, a provocateur of Pretty Bird Sandwiches, uh, and uh, father to Huntley, the dog, wrote an article over at Ute Zone talking about how Utah is still leading the Pac-12 South with the most draft picks. Utah didn't have a single draft pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. That's incredible. The other incredible piece to that is the fact that the University of Utah football program has had a draft pick every year since 2008. So the last time that the Utes didn't have a single player drafted was in 2008. And if you're thinking to yourself, now wait a second, that 2008 Utah football team was loaded. Yes, it was. And in 2009, they had four players from that team drafted. Paul Kruger, Sean Smith, Bryce McCain, Freddie Brown. Two years previous, the 27, 2007 draft, excuse me, uh, Eric Weddle, Paul Soli, I drafted, but no picks uh, in the 2008 NFL draft, so the the draft following the 2007 season. But as we go back and, and look at all that in, in calculating who has the most NFL draft picks, over the last five drafts, no other South Division program in the Pac-12 has produced more NFL draft picks than the 21 from the University of Utah. Leading the Pac-12 South Division in draft picks isn't just a one-year fluke where Utah had a bunch last year, but it shows the defined ability to develop players and progress them to the next level. And that is something that Utah can sell extremely hard on the recruiting trail. I think it's been very, very prominent in decisions of, of players like Jalen Johnson, uh, Clark Phillips the third. But where you really, really need to start pressing the matter with that one is at the wide receiver position. I think that's the one that everyone is looking at. Wide receiver and quarterback, where Utah doesn't have a has one quarterback right now in the NFL in Tyler Huntley. Uh, before that, the, the, the only other one that was playing currently was Alex Smith. Now, quarterback's a difficult position to get NFL players in there. So, so that's the one I think you can actually give a little bit of leeway to. Running back position, Zach Moss obviously representing there right now. Uh, defensive backs, just galore in the NFL. Defensive tackles as well. Uh, but an offensive lineman is, as well, which I'm sure is probably surprising to some people. But uh, those are the positions that, that have come to be an expectation of the University of Utah. And what's incredible is, is if you can continue to develop those 
pipelines to get the talent here, get them into the NFL, get them exposure, that can only expand that number and put more distance between you and the rest of your uh, the rest of your uh, cohorts in the Pac-12 South and in the Pac-12 altogether. It's pretty impressive that Utah's been able to do that. The more impressive part about it is what they've done it with. And there was a question posed the other day on my Twitter page. And if you can tell, you know, Twitter is a big part of discussion in sports these days. I might think that most of the listeners that we get likely came from Twitter. I'm sure some of you have come from uh, promos and, and, and other avenues like that. But the big, uh, the big aspect of recruiting is always star rankings and things, things of that nature. And somebody asked, what's the percentage of stars that make it to the NFL? And by star percentage, obviously, we're, we're talking about five stars, four stars, three stars, two stars, etc. Because the bulk of players that are drafted in the NFL are three-star players. If you look at the 2021 NFL draft by numbers of stars, there were 20 players drafted that were five-star ranked players. 90 were four stars. 122 were three stars. 22 were two stars. And 15 players were not ranked. Now, part of the star ranking that's important to remember is that star rankings are not just based on talent. It's based on how well they project to the next level, how well they project to making it in the NFL. So, obviously, if a player gets offers from Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, et cetera, et cetera, and they get five stars because of those those offers, there's a reason for it. Because if you go to a program like Alabama, the odds are that you're going to get developed and end up playing in the NFL. We're starting to see that happen a little bit with the University of Utah, where when Morgan Scally offers defensive backs or when Sharif Shah offers a defensive back, they get a little bump in their rating because those recruiting ranking experts understand that they have a good eye for talent and they know that going to the University of Utah will likely develop that player and give them a better opportunity of making it to the NFL draft. The percent of stars that are drafted is really impressive. And and one thing to note with this is that there's only about 25-ish five stars every single year. Of those, 67% will be drafted. Of the four stars, only 30%. Of the three stars, only 6%. 1% of two-star rated players and 1% of non-rated recruits are drafted. So yes, the, the, the star rating does matter in terms of actual volume projections for who's going to make it to the NFL. Where it doesn't matter is what it, a player is determining or determined by. The interesting aspect of that is if you look at the recruiting averages and the recruiting ranking averages for the University of Utah over the years, 2015, it was 84.65. 2016, it was 84.45, which is just uh, a, like a middle three-star. And it's progressively improved. 2017, it got up to 86. 2018, down to 85.69. And then 2019, 2020, and 2021 has, has steadily improved. 86.12 for 2019. 86.52 for 2020. And then 87.28 in 2021. And the number of four-star players has improved as well. Three in 2019, four in 2020, and seven in 2021. And so what the... The next progression is for the University of Utah is getting all of those four stars into the NFL and in, in continuing to, dra- to to grab those kinds of players into the program. 
just to steal a couple statistics from Steve's article, he compares the number of four and five stars signed for each uh, each program in the Pac-12 South to the number of NFL draft picks for the corresponding years. He takes a segment from 2014 to 2018 where Utah had eight total four and five star players signed, yet developed 21 draft picks. By comparison, USC has 72 signed and only produced 20 draft picks. UCLA has 49 signed and only produced 15 draft picks. Colorado, surprisingly good. Five four- and five-stars signed, yet 10 draft picks produced. ASU, 27 four- and five-stars signed and only nine for uh, NFL draft picks produced. Arizona, eight four- and five-stars and only four NFL draft picks produced. So while it doesn't look great right now on the conference to have Utah leading the way, in order to compete with the University of Utah on the recruiting trail, all of these teams have to step their games up. USC especially. Their player development right now is garbage by comparison. And you're seeing four- and five-star players that aren't even making it out of USC, aren't making it to the NFL, uh, you know, Talented players like Talanoa Hufanga, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, J. Tufele, guys that are high four-star players are getting drafted in the fourth, fifth, and sixth rounds. So in theory, you could argue that it's bad that the University of Utah is leading uh, in draft picks because it means that the other teams in the conference aren't getting players drafted. But the reality is, is that it's great. Because Utah's out there leading the way and challenging other teams to be better about it. And what happens is as those other teams start to develop and improve, improve in terms of their uh, development and player development, it improves the league top to bottom. And the great part about that is that Utah's already ahead of the curve in terms of getting better talent into the system, better developing that talent, finding it and, and putting it into the right places. We've seen that for years with Kyle Whittingham where he's put players into the right position and they've developed from that part. So arguably the best thing that can happen for the conference is for Utah to get even more players drafted and get them drafted higher and more often so that Utah becomes the pipeline out of the Pac-12 for NFL talent. Now, up north, it's a different story. Oregon, Washington, Stanford, all doing a very excellent job of developing that talent. Cal is slowly, progressively getting there. But the reality is it has been the Arizona schools and the California schools in the past that really have been dead weight for the most part. And that may come across as, as very like dismissing uh, of those, those teams and programs. I think it's just there's been such a different path for all those teams compared to the University of Utah. I think Utah has been a lot more stable. Uh, Kyle Whittingham obviously knows what he's doing, and they've had a plan of attack that's been very effective, whereas it seems like USC, UCLA, Arizona especially, have all been trying to pivot and change and adapt and never really being able to stick with a plan. UCLA, I think, has just been uh, primarily a place where talent went to die under uh, Jim Mora Jr., for the most part, uh, Chip Kelly seems to have stabilized that a little bit more. But UCLA still isn't back in the upper echelon in terms of either recruiting or player development. Uh, I do think that this year is a very much a make-or-break year for UCLA in those respects. And will be fascinating to see what happens with it all. But the bottom line and what we draw from all of this and these numbers is that the player development for NFL potential at the University of Utah 
gives those three and four star players a much, much higher percentage opportunity of making it to the NFL if they commit to the University of Utah. The numbers are sound. They are there. They compare incredibly favorably. So anytime you're going up against the USC's, the UCLA's of the world, the programs that seem to have the prestige and everything like that, in theory, if you're getting the player that truly is dedicated to going to the NFL, the University of Utah should win that battle every single time. And another battle that you can win every single time you go to rockauto.com is the battle to get the best price available for the car parts that you're looking for. You've heard us talk about Rock Auto all the time. It's been a huge benefit to me as I've kept my uh, car going uh, for well over uh, 150,000 miles now. Uh, redid the brakes recently and outside of the fact that I don't have a nice lift to make everything super easy ordering from rockauto.com was incredibly easy because it's so simple to go online to pick your vehicle pick the parts you need pick the parts that fit the price point that you want and they just come and drop them right off on your door it's easy to see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and the prices you prefer those prices are going to be lower than just about anywhere else that you'll find. Even that one website that now has vans and stuff like that with a smile on them. And it starts with the letter A. Pretty sure that after this year's uh, the pandemic for the last year, everybody knows what I'm talking about. But the bottom line is if you need to go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, you're going to get the lowest price. When you order your parts through them, right, locked on in there, how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Again, it's rockauto.com. You know what it is. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Jumping back into things here on the Locked On Utes podcast, of course on the Locked On Podcast Network, wanted to get into some mailbag questions that uh, we threw out on Twitter tonight, uh, or excuse me, last night. We'll jump right into them. Our good friend Dave Tibbs at DTibbs1 asks, who are some of the potential targets in the portal at the wide receiver position? Theo Howard, I think, is is more than likely the the pro, prospect that that I believe that Utah is chasing after uh, the hardest. Uh, it just seems like it's a good fit. He's a West Coast kid. Utah has a relationship with him from from a previous era. He's transferring transferring from Oklahoma, so he has teammates that are now playing at the University of Utah. So it just kind of makes sense that that he would be the one. Um, that I think that they would pursue the most. Uh, there are, sh- I'm sure, other players out there. Um, I teased a little bit here that there may be something familiar coming to Utah fans. We're, we're still waiting to hear from about that one. Uh, but I think that would be another, another, so to speak, get that Utah fans would be pretty pleased about. Outside of Theo Howard, a lot of it is just speculatory. Uh, Cameron Buckley is a player at Texas A&M that you would think Utah would be in contact with. Jeremy Singleton, one from the University of Houston. Uh, Jordan Johnson, who recently is a former four-star composite uh, prospect from uh, Missouri that went to Notre Dame, recently entered the portal. So I would expect Utah to do their due diligence and try and get in contact with him. Uh, 
Marquis Spiker, like I mentioned, uh, Washington, Roderick Fisher, Fisher from Washington State. You'd expect them to get in contact with those guys as they previously held Utah offers. But that's kind of where we're sitting right now. It's until summer officially starts, it'll be a lot of conversations as a lot of these players are waiting to get grades and transcripts. And so actual buzz and announcements isn't coming right now. Uh, but that's that's kind of where Utah stands. And, and they'll continue to do their due diligence. And now is actually a great time of year because as the 7-on-7 seven seven tournaments start to circulate and coaches start talking to other coaches and recruiting experts start talking to recruiting experts, more buzz about players who are either planning to enter the portal uh, or are entered into the portal will we'll start to leak out and we'll get more information on that. Utah Voice of Reason asks, what is going on with our men's basketball recruiting? Is Coach Smith having a hard time getting players to come to Utah or is he just being really picky, hoping for the latter? It's a little bit of both. Uh, I think that Utah is in the game for a, a couple good 2022 prospects. Uh, R.J. Godfrey is a swingman from Georgia that's popped up on the radar. He has a good relationship with new assistant coach Tim Morris. Uh, and I've talked about uh, Colin Chandler ad nauseum and, and just how excited I am about him. And I think that Utah is very, very much in the running for him uh, still. Some of the other players that we've discussed from the portal are obviously Bryson Williams, which I talked about earlier this week from UTEP, a really tall, talented swingman who can score and rebound. Stephon Mitchell, who is taking his time to decide, but he is in the mix with him as well. Uh, Cheek Mbake Jong from UNLV, 6'11", 235-pound big man, has a connection to Utah, obviously, with Marlo Slocum. He is currently weeding through offers as well. So they're in the game with plenty of guys in the transfer portal and also starting to make some ground with the 2022 class. They are being very selective with guys, and, and rightfully so. It's about culture. You have to have the right culture within the program. And so you're not going to go out and just get everybody that's at the top of uh, the recruiting rankings. You want to go out and get the guys that you know can help you build the culture that will stay loyal to you as a staff, that are going to be here and, and help you not only implement but maintain the culture as you bring in more and more new players down the road. So likely the reason that we've seen so many Utah State players transfer in. And then another one that I think Utah needs to be recruiting really heavily is Pella Larson. And we, we no updates on that one right now, still moving along sluggishly. But that is part of the game, and I think that – you know, the, the hope is that uh, Pella looks around and, and realizes the grass isn't greener any welts and come, comes back. Speaking of green grass, you all need to trust the process and just get out there to betonline.ag already. It is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball's back in full swing. You can go track it all at Bet Online. Maybe you would have put money down on there being a no-hitter in Baltimore yesterday and you would have made a grip load of cash. That would be fun. Golf, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, it's all out there. There are prop bets. There are futures bets. I saw the other day that Atlanta had gone from 61 odds to fit, or 201, 200 to 1 odds to win the NBA title to 50 to 1 now. That's, that's interesting in my uh, extreme Jack Sparrow voice. So before everything gets taken over, before you spend all your money on Dogecoin, 
Go over to Bet Online on your laptop, your mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. It is the easiest place to go get everything done. You get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on. That's all one word locked on. So just get it over with. Go to betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, and let's start stacking them dollars. Wrapping things up here on a Thursday episode of the Locked on Utes podcast, I wanted to do a little bit of a where are they now segment as Dan Sorensen from Ute Zone asked the question, who is your favorite Ute? I was talking with uh, with my 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 cousin, who is basically my favorite Utah fan, and, and he and I t- have always talked to Utah Athletics together. It is probably the, between that and Padres baseball, the thing that we share and commiserate over the most, uh, and a lot of a good, you know, Fair credit due to him and, and a lot of the suggestions and conversations that we had together end up being material here on the podcast. But we were talking about former Utes that that maybe were people that weren't on, on everybody's radar. Players like Sean Souza, who was a guard or a right tackle, then moved to guard for the University of Utah from 2000 to 2003. Fun fact about Sean is that he went back to Hawaii where he was from landed a role on Living Lahaina, which was an MTV series kind of like it was modeled after uh, uh, Laguna Beach or whatever, the hills, all that stuff. And he was uh, he was one of the main characters. The show only lasted one season, but in one of the episodes, it was him getting into a fight. And that actually led to a new career for Sean Souza, who was uh, – now a flight attendant, but also an amateur MMA fighter. So a little bit of a cool where are they now for him. He's still living in Hawaii uh, doing that. Uh, I do think that there will likely be a bigger update on Sean Souza down the road. So keep your ears tuned or your podcast apps followed to Locked on Utes for that. Another one, uh, a friend of mine who played for the University of Utah football team back in 2004 had mentioned that Alex Punchinelli was one of the funniest human beings on the planet. And as I was trying to catch up, he does have a uh, a pretty funny Instagram account, uh, including one of the cutest kids that I've ever seen. But as I was doing some research, I'd found out that he, according to his IMDb page, had been in a couple of the recent... uh, Marvel movies, which I thought was really, really cool. Um, he, uh, he he's, he's credited as additional crew, actor, writer in a lot of different things, was uh, part of the Mad Max Fury Road additional crew. It has a variety of different things that he's worked on. He's done voiceover work. He's done writing. And a uh, pretty neat development for him uh, as a former University of Utah athlete. To have that connection and, and having worked on so many different movies, uh, doing all that voice work and writing and everything else. So shout out to uh, Pooch. Uh, and if you get a chance to go follow him, I believe his Instagram is at part time adult. Uh, it is pretty funny. And I got to be honest, like his kid is pretty freaking adorable. Um, so little bit of an update on those two. Also, Christina Basket, if you didn't know, former Ute gymnast, is a stunt woman in Hollywood. She just wrapped up being a stunt double for Game of Thrones. Uh, and another former Ute gymnast, Ashley Postel, uh, is actually a performer for Cirque du Soleil as well, which 
kudos to those gymnasts and and the gymnastics program. They are truly the real shining stars of former Utah athletes. Uh, And what a cool, maybe it's just me and the fact that I could barely do a somersault growing up, but what a cool job it would be to be a stunt double for somebody or to be able to perform all those amazing movements. And, and, and I don't want to call them tricks, but acrobatics that you see in the Cirque du Soleil shows. So if you are heading down to Vegas sometime in the near future, and as things start to open up again, definitely want to get down and watch uh, Ashley Postel uh, in the Cirque du Soleil show. And also we'll keep an eye out for Christina Basket. There's a good chance that with the new Game of Thrones show releasing, that she'll be back working as a stunt double with that crew so good luck to her, and, and hopefully we see her again soon or don't see her as it's probably pretty important for them to not be seen but uh, also be recognized. So, Or uh, I should say the other way around, to be seen but not recognized. So a little bit of an update, just came across that randomly, thought I would share. If there are players out there that you have an interest in finding out more about, let me know at Locked On Utes, at Brown Bear SLC. We'll do our best to track them down. And if there are former players or former Utes that you would like to hear interviewed here on the podcast, that's a lot of what we're planning on doing this summer. So we'll get into that as well. That's it for today's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. It's good to be back and, and interacting with you all through this particular medium. Thank you, thank you, huge, huge thank you to Jake for filling in yesterday as I had some family business that I needed to take care of and was not able to record. He was great to help out with that. So thank you, Jake. Uh, We'll keep things rolling here. We'll be back again tomorrow. This has been the Locked on Utes podcast for Thursday, May 6th, 2021. And you'll be hearing from us again on Friday. Friday.